On this episode of No Blueprint, we sit with Minnie, Karen, and Kathy as they discuss how they turned a class project into a small business of Mickey T. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo. And I go by the name of Yoshiko. We sit with entrepreneurs and artists across disciplines to share their stories, insight, and gems. Their journey will inspire you to think about community and your own narrative, how it shapes who you are and what your legacy will be. You're listening to No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. You are listening to No Blueprint. I originally saw you all, oh my gosh, maybe like a year ago on the front page of UW's website. Mm -hmm. And either... I saw it and I stumbled upon it or someone sent it to me. Uh, but my fiance, Diana, makes kombucha. And so when I saw it and I read it, I immediately thought about kombucha, uh, her kombucha, and I thought about her five younger sisters. And I said, oh crap. I was like, what? Like, this is super awesome. And so I <laughs> sent the article to all of her younger sisters and I was like, look at what these amazing <laughs> young ladies are doing at the University of Washington. Like, they, they, they started their own business. This is all. And so it's so when Tay reached out and said that, like, hey, we should get these young ladies on our podcast. They started a company, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, reading it, reading it. I was like, I know this story. Oh. And so I was like, yo, like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's figure this out. And so we are we are honored to, to be with y'all. And so I'll have y'all please introduce yourselves and introduce your company. Cool, I can start. Hi, so my name is Minnie, and I was born and raised in Taiwan, and I went to high school in the Bay Area, and I moved here to Seattle for UW for college, and I studied communications and arts in my undergrad, and I did a minor in entrepreneurship, and that's kind of how we all met, which is a story for later. I'm currently now doing a master's in entrepreneurship again at UW, and so that's kind of where I'm at. Nice. What do you do for Mickey? Oh, I'm the, <laughs> yep, it's an important question. Uh, I'm the chief design officer for Mickey. Nice. Yeah. Cool. My name is Karen. I was born in Japan, but I grew up in Hawaii. I moved to Seattle for school. I studied business administration with a focus in marketing and entrepreneurship. I am the chief design officer and the COO for Mickey. Nice. Hi everyone, I'm Kathy, and um, like many, I was raised and born born and raised in Taiwan, and I went to high school in Oregon, and then moved to Seattle for UW. I graduated this past year with a medical anthropology and global health major. It's a long name, but um, it's one one major. Um, I also minor in entrepreneurship. Yeah, and I'm the C. I'm the CEO of the company. Nice, nice. Tell us the backstory around Mickey T. <laughs> yeah, we came together as classmates um, at what's called the Creating a Company class mm-hmm. at the University of Washington Foster School of Business. Mm-hmm. And the way the Creating a Company class was structured is a two-quarter class. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first quarter, you go through, it's a very hands-on entrepreneurial experience. So you go through team formation, ideation stage, stage and then you um, write a proposal. And toward the end of the quarter, as the final project of the quarter, you pitch to local entrepreneurs, kind of like an episode of Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then they grow you with questions, you tell them about your business plan. If your proposal gets approved, the school gives you money 
to run your company. How much money are we talking? <laughs> I think the max is like seventy five hundred. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But okay. part of your grade is determined on making back that money and turning a profit. So it's a oh. self funding class. Like it got yeah. real real fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's when not free said, money. Yeah, I was about to say no. when yeah. she said you gotta pay it. So it's a loan. Well, no, you don't have to pay it back. Well, like your grade is oh. a little dependent on it, but you're not <laughs> obligated to make it. You just I might fail. If you don't make it, I mean, I it's a like grade. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, otherwise, like it's like a self-funded program, so okay. whatever profit projects makes before is kind of the safety buffer. For got, it. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. As well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So then you move on to the second quarter. If we get funded, that's when an idea on paper actually get to turn into a real company. Okay. Yeah. So for Mickey, we went to a prototype stage in toward the end of the first quarter. The second quarter we start selling, and that's how you're. That's whoa, the main. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're going too fast. You're going too fast. You're going too fast. <laughs> so before your prototype scene, <laughs> how did y'all get to to tea? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. That Kathy should answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think initially we came together because we we're all interested in um, coming up with a food product. Okay. Um, we're all people who are very passionate about eating, mm-hmm. cooking, mm-hmm. Um, and also just the idea of have coming up with a consumer product that we can hold in hand and sell to people. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like what, why we went toward that direction. And were you all taking the class as friends? Were you all just taking it just separately and didn't know each other? We didn't, so I knew many through the Taiwanese Student Association, okay. but we weren't like super close. So we, we like knew each other, but not, definitely not like friends. And we okay. didn't know close each friends. other. Like, I didn't know she was taking the class and vice oh, yeah. versa. Okay. And so we just kind of like all met in the class and we're like, oh, you're taking the class. And then we found, yeah, like not we found, but like we met Karen. Wow. <laughs> 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 found she, was lo- <laughs> she was lost. We were like, you all met in the class. You wanted to do food. How did you get to tea? Yeah, so I first got introduced to Dirty Chai, I think toward the end of my freshman year, okay. and I love chai. Yes. So when too. my friend told me about the caffeinated, like more caffeinated chai, I was like, wait, like what? Like that's, like, that's so smart. Um, and I really loved it, but I've never seen an option that's grab and go mm-hmm. in the grocery store. So mm-hmm. then I was like, why don't we do Dirty Chai? Um, so we started doing R&D, and that itself was a long process because you have to like R&D. figure out the ratio. After doing research and development, we came up with, um, we we're trying to figure out the ratio for the chai tea concentrate, mm. what sweetener do we put in, what's the dairy product wow. dairy we put in. And then we, so we were initially using um, regular espresso mm-hmm. and just turns out that um, the espresso flavor overpowers the chai concentrate. So then Karen was like, oh, why don't, like, have, do you, have you heard of white coffee? And we were like, what is white coffee? Um, so this small coffee shop on the F um, has white coffee, which is right next to where um, Karen lives. Okay. And so we did more research and development with the white coffee okay. and the chai tea concentrate um, recipe that we came up with. Mm-hmm. And turns out that it pairs up perfectly. Um, so white coffee beans... What is white coffee? Right. So white coffee beans are very lightly roasted coffee beans. Yeah. Has up to three times of the caffeine than regular espresso. Wow. And doesn't taste like coffee. Okay. And so it's got a nutty characteristic that pairs up really well yeah. with the chai tea concentrate um, and the soy milk we yeah. end up using. 
when did you know that it that this was a go? Like we were we're going to do tea, and you sound like the person who was like driving this this tea car. How did you convince <laughs> the rest of your team that this was the way to go? I think to be honest, like I I pop the idea mm-hmm. up, but like the coming up with recipe part was a part where we all it was a group effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that process was the fun process like mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's a class that forces you to find a problem and come up with a solution it's mm. it's like in that in that sense like not the real entrepreneurial world you, you it's a class project you right. have deadlines that you need to yep. meet of like a prototype <laughs> so we know? can keep going back and forth about this <laughs> but it's due in like a week right. Got it. Um, Got so it. we definitely had that pressure of yep. we have a deadline coming up and we tried other ideas. We originally started with like bubble tea, but mm-hmm. then quickly realized you can't really package boba. Mm-hmm. Or is that what mm-hmm. called? Okay. okay. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Yep. It's how I need to She was like, I love bubble tea. Um, and so when Kathy was like, dirty try, and we did a little bit of market research of like, what are the options out mm-hmm. there? What do they taste like? What is it? Like, yeah. what are the values to like oh there's caffeine and it and it tries trending all this like yeah. little bit of research that we did yeah at least I got like really excited I was about to say like, did, I, you, like, did I, you like chai I didn't know what dirty chai was okay I like chai I didn't okay. know what dirty chai was though. did you like chai I think I was the one that actually didn't like chai <laughs> she was like I was riding for the bubble tea I know I was very yeah. excited about the milk tea that we we're gonna do but we did some market research and just, just turns out that people don't really want that. And so we just, when they came up with the idea, I was like, okay, cool. Like, if that's what people in Seattle likes, then I'll there do it. it. <laughs> and, so, and it was like, like only a two-month commitment, <laughs> you know? Like it, it was like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, why let's not? Get it. <laughs> so then you make it, you get funded after quarter one. Yes. Okay. Um, what was that like? Tell me about what was that like? Did you, when did you find out? How did you find out? So we pitched during, I think like end of March, like right before spring break. And we knew the amount, like we knew if we got fully funded, like two days later, okay. I think. And so after we knew the amount and then they were transferring the money to our bank account, I think it got like, wow, we super, got excited. It's like, man, real. like we got this free money that we can use. <laughs> and, but of course we got to turn it back, but so we it just felt exciting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We actually did, did later on. But did you have the full amount? We did. That we asked for. She's like, we gotta go to Hawaii for market research <laughs> for research for R and D. It's the only way. No. <laughs> so yep. you get the money in your bank account. Mm-hmm. And we just started ordering bottles and like the spices that we were using mm-hmm. when we were researching and yeah, just all the ingredients and then spring break was only a week and so after that we all came together and just started making bottles and wow. selling them. So you jumped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell so, tell me about some of the people, some of the resources, some of the local folks that y'all utilized or leaned on or talked to um, for mentorship and advice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the resources that we got um, are from Foster School of Business. Um, Berg Center. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, specifically the school, the Berg Center of Entrepreneurship. Okay. okay. Um, so. Yeah, they have a lot of, um, obviously, like, people who came out of um, the school who are now, like, 
local entrepreneurs nice. and they've been running a business and um, they came from a very diverse background um, and I think one of the our biggest mentor in the beginning was just our professor mm. and yeah he was he has a lot of experience being a part of startups and mm. having his own startups before too and so he was just able to guide us when we had problems and he knew exactly what we're going through and so nice. whenever we have a problem it's not really a problem for him and he would be like oh that's nothing and like encourage us and have us keep going and so I feel like he was definitely one of the yeah mentors that really helped us in the beginning nice and, and oh go ahead sorry oh, and now like Kathy's like the food science expert but in the beginning nice. our professor he I don't know if he was a chef but he understood a lot of it like so be like, don't he, go that way. <laughs> or like, be careful of this. Or like, mm. this is probably happening because you're doing this in this order. That's super awesome. Yeah. That's super so awesome. even that side was. Do y'all have any backgrounds in entrepreneurship? Do you have family members who are entrepreneurs, friends who are already entrepreneurs? Okay. Yeah, I think I never thought of. My, how do I say that? I never thought I would become an entrepreneurship before I took this class, hmm. and I never thought of my family members as entrepreneurs before I took this class. But then as I got more into it, I realized like, oh, my parents are actually both entrepreneurs because they both started their own companies back in Taiwan. And I also reflected and realized like, oh, I had like an entrepreneurship spirit in me growing up because I I didn't start like a card business, but there was this one Christmas I decided Mm -hmm. to make cards and sell them to my friends and teachers. Nice. use that money to like donate it to a charity that I wanted and so like even that now that I look at it I'm absolutely. like man I was a little entrepreneur <laughs> absolutely absolutely That's yeah awesome. and then for me it was the same I did the Christmas card thing and I didn't think my dad was an entrepreneur but he totally is he yeah. always worked for his own company and I just never realized that growing up because like that wasn't really like a buzzword either you know like right, an entrepreneur, right. Like an entrepreneur you just or business owner, right. like, mm-hmm. you know. Even in high school, I didn't like the class shirts that they made, so I made our, our own and like sold it to all my classmates. I did stuff. Like That's that. hella funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like these t-shirts. Here's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I did that twice. There, there it is. <laughs> they should have learned the first time. <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah. So I don't think I made Christmas cards. Um, I know, I, I missed out. <laughs> but yeah, like, kind of like what Minnie was saying, I've never, um, my dad started his own clinic, mm. and I've never thought that is entrepreneurship. And my mom has always been really creative mm-hmm. when it comes to making desserts and yeah, doing a, lot, a little bit of marketing for my dad. And so like, I think I I was pre-dental nice. going into UW. Interesting. So like, I'm t- doing something totally, totally different. different yeah. But I definitely have that like entrepreneurial spirit in me in a lot of different ways so like yeah. I'm growing up I've always been like a doer just like throwing ideas out all yeah. the time and so that's like yeah I've never thought about calling myself an entrepreneur but yeah but I definitely now like kind of looking back there yeah. are a lot of traits that I have um yeah as a person and how did you get from how did you get from pre-dental to entrepreneurship <laughs> So yeah, so like I think I we've now talked to enough people to realize that like, oh, like 
you just you never know what what exactly you want to do until like you find that thing that like lights up the fire in your heart right as a pre-health or like pre yeah just pre-health student in general like you have this very specific track in in your head like you do this and you do that and like it's very specific Mm. so i had my college crisis my junior year okay Um, midterms okay yeah Yep. Yep. One of the three midterms. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. That. Absolutely. I was taking like three microbiology classes at once and like Eesh. that's the part. Nobody told you that wasn't a good idea, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I still really love science. Okay. Just not, <laughs> not that much. Not that much. Not, that not, much. not hard science. So like um, it, it was clear for me that um, I love it, mm-hmm. but I'm not that passionate about it. I can't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. I was going to say, I don't think anybody's passionate enough to take three microbiology <laughs> classes at the same time, but there, I get there it. Are I people. hear you. <laughs> she was like, no, you're there, wrong. No, you're not. There, there are people. Um, <laughs> yeah, and true. thank God there are people who yeah, are very passionate true. about that's, microbiology. This is um, true. They're going to make amazing doctors and you know future scientists, but it was just, it wasn't me. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had uh, my college crisis. Yep. Yes. We, and so <laughs> for y'all, what did y'all start at UW with? And did and did all y'all start as freshmen? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I started as a bioengineering okay. major, trying to do pre med. Okay. <laughs> and then I took a year off because it was awful. <laughs> okay. And then I, during that time, I worked at restaurants, but yeah. then I also like had like parties at my house and I was like I like event planning like, okay. I'm good at this so then I started looking at local wedding planners oh. to see if I could like intern with them and one of them in their bio said they started their company at UW under the creating a company class and I was like that and I want to do that so that's why I switched that. all of it over to business wow and the rest is history yeah wow I'm nothing science. <laughs> Very <What>? different. <laughs> I was I was actually an art history major coming into UW. What? But I actually I just wanted to be like art related, but mm-hmm. so I didn't know like which art I wanted to do, so that's why I chose art history starting. But I transferred over to just interdisciplinary visual arts. So just normal arts. Okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> I just wanted to say so the full name. Yes. Because I got yeah. a degree for it. <laughs> So you got so you have an art degree. Yeah, art okay. and then a communication. So I was double majoring and I didn't know about the entrepreneurship program till my junior year, like end of my junior year, where one of my roommates were taking the class and I just saw her like pack she was she was making Thai tea packets, I think. And so I remember her like telling me about like, oh, what should I do? And then like she was like buying the ingredients and like packaging it and selling it and I just thought that was so cool. Like I was like, I want to do that too. Nice. And then I asked her about it, and then she was like, Oh, it's a because you can minor in entrepreneurship, and so it's a one year commitment. And I was like, Man, I think I can squeeze it with my two other ma- majors. And okay. so I did it in one year. And wow, loved ambitious. It. Yeah, ambitious. <laughs> you said Taiwan, 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 and then where'd you grow up? Hawaii, but born in Japan. Hawaii, but born in Japan. Don't look born in Japan. I was born in Japan. What part of Japan were you born in? Tokyo. I was born in, um, I was born on Yokota Air Force Base in Tokyo as well. My dad was in the Air Force. How did culture play a role in, how does culture play a role in what y'all do and in your business? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I have like recently more like 
I realized this like very recently that mm. my I think eating is a huge. <laughs> I was gonna like, say honestly, food. Like, yeah. eating is yeah. such a huge culture, like Asian culture. Absolutely. And I didn't realize that growing up mm-hmm. until I came to the U.S. And I mean, obviously, people eat in the U.S. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like it is no like I think it's a very classic thing that Asian um, share very oh. family style. Yeah, it's like fam- yeah, and like you go home and your parents ask, have you eaten? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like a way of showing Asian love. parents showing love. Mm-hmm. Growing up, like I have always really loved sharing snacks with mm-hmm. people, like going to school, like my mom would pack me snacks and be mm-hmm. like, hey, they're too extra, like share with your friends. Cause food tastes better when you share with right. friends. And so I think that's like, honestly, it's so satisfying yeah. when you get to like share something that you love yeah. with other people. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I was gonna say the same, same thing. thing. Like, I feel like food is a big culture in Taiwan, especially like people love to eat and the like beverage, like to to go like grab and go beverages yeah. are such a big thing in Taiwan. If you go to like a Seven Eleven, it's just you have so many choices. And I think definitely, I feel like that's probably in my blood without me noticing it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that definitely has an influence on me, like even being a part of this company. Nice. Man, I want yeah like sharing like i want to share this with other people absolutely absolutely oh and just one more thing i think even the, our second flavor matcha it is something that yep. we grew up drinking mm-hmm. and so that's kind of why we decided to introduce another flavor which that's we so can awesome. talk more about kind of going in like a different direction my yeah. parents moved to hawaii from japan and especially my mom spoke like no english mm-hmm. um and i don't know if I don't know if it's just like Japanese culture if they because they were like immigrants mm. but they taught me to grow up to be like very like a, not aware of my, like considerate and like aware of my surroundings they're always uh like aware of other people in the space and like where what they were doing so mm-hmm. I think it's really different from like their answers but that's something that influenced me to be and like how I am a part of the team and like Every day, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So you lived in Taiwan until fifteen. Okay, and then you went to the Bay Area for high school, and then yes. you went to UW, yes. and then you were in Hawaii until UW, mm-hmm. and then same thing. But I went to high school in Oregon, so Taiwan okay. when I until until when I was fifteen, and then I moved to Oregon. Oh, that's so crazy. And then to Seattle. Okay. What part of Oregon? It's in Canyon, though. <laughs> Do you know where Roseburg is? Okay, how about Eugene? Know I know Eugene. Okay. I know Eugene. So, I know Eugene. <laughs> Corvallis. I was okay. like two and a half hours south of Eugene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know you could like go more south. Sorry, like more south than Eugene. <laughs> yeah, it's... So Before you hit California or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so this is Tay. I am Domo's camera person, but we're switching off for now. Very lovely to have you all here. But so... You got the funding. Um, you came back together after spring break. You're making this tea. Were you making it in your like apartment? Like, where were you making this tea? <laughs> we did all the R and D in my kitchen because mm-hmm. we didn't need it. But like, we didn't need a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. But to sell any food or beverage product, you need to be out of a commercial okay. kitchen. Okay. So after spring break, we rented space mm-hmm. from a commercial kitchen. Perfect. And cool. That's where we make it now too. Awesome. I followed your Instagram for like about a year. I really like the aesthetics. It's really, who runs the Instagram account? I do. Okay, very nice aesthetics. 
I send it to my sister because my sister's trying to start a business. I'm like, look at this this page. You should copy their aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> so when I followed you, you were known as Nasty T. Mm-hmm. So, um, and now it's known as Mickey, um, spelled M-I-K-K-I. So kind of tell me the story with the, the origins of that name and then kind of the process of the name change. Like, what was that like for you? So we were nasty, N A S T E A, because we made dirty drinks. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's what we were during the class project, and roughly a year after, um, we had to change the name for legal reasons. We had about a little over six months to change it, but we didn't come up with the name until maybe like two weeks before the like <laughs> official like deadline okay. to do so. Um, it was a really hard process. <laughs> yeah. So explain how you came up with Mickey. It's the three of our initials put together. So Minnie, Karen, and Kathy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned soy. Is it all soy based? Yes. yes. Oh, that's awesome because I'm lactose intolerant. So this is great. Yep. We can yep. Are you all lactose intolerant as well? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> but we have friends that suffer, so we know that pain. I'm lactose. Yes. A, a lot of like yeah so then I was reading about that they're like a lot of Southeast Asian Americans are lactose intolerant and a lot of African Americans yep. are lactose intolerant I think intolerant. we just never had dairy like in our ancestry yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, cheese or anything like that yeah and um, so the first flavor is the uh, white coffee dirty chai um, so you want to talk a little bit about your second flavor how old is your second flavor which is the white coffee dirty matcha it's 13 months. Yeah, 13, 13 months. months. Baby. That's like a baby. Like a month. 13 months. Yeah, so how did that come to be? So um, the white coffee dirty matcha has the same concept of as the dirty chai, um, but it's matcha latte with a shot espresso um, okay. and sweetened with honey. Ooh. Yeah. And they, they, they were nice enough to bring us samples that we don't have to pay for. <laughs> um, so this is great. Of course. So what's your favorite flavor between the two? Chai. The chai. Yeah. Okay, you're you're a purist. <laughs> All right. I mean, she came up with the chai idea, so she <laughs> better I'm, stick I'm little, with the I'm chai. Yeah. Uh, I like your answer to this question. Okay. Well, because <laughs> I agree. I'm I'm a indecisive person by nature, yeah. and so I like both, but I think it really depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. And so I think the matcha is a little thicker because it has more soy milk, and it's also a little sweeter. So I like to drink it as more of a treat. And I feel like the chai, on the other hand, it's a little lighter, so I feel like I could drink it every day. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like both. I feel like they're for different occasions. Okay, cool. <laughs> Same answer? Yeah. Awesome. Good answer. I want to kind of get into the dynamics of working with friends. Well, you, you weren't you weren't <laughs> friends before, so now you're friends now. And you're all relatively like around the same age. Are Wait, are you? Are you? Do you guys oh, like each other? I this question. <laughs> so, um, what does what is working with like you know three young females? You know, all very bright. You know, you dub. Um, what does that look like? And how do you all? How do you all? I guess just work together and, and how do you all how do you all if there's like an issue or like a fight like how do you all kind of remedy that can I take this question yes go okay. for it so we like to say that our <laughs> team has two dreamers and one dream killer and this is like literally my favorite question and you um, guys can guess who is the the dream killer yes 
You? Yeah. <laughs> I can kind of tell you have a quiet aura about you, so. Yeah, which um, is like an amazing thing. Okay. Um, so like, Minnie and I are very like energetic and we're, yeah, we're dreamers. We're like super excited all the time. Um, but we're also like not very detail oriented people. Um, and so like having Karen on the team, just like keeping us kind of like on the ground and um, yeah, just like pay more attention to the details mm -hmm. um, has been really, really helpful because otherwise it's just, it's a really great dynamic and balance um, personality wise and skill set wise mm -hmm. to be running a company. Yeah. And without them, like we wouldn't be doing this because I would just be like, that's too hard. You know, like <laughs> it's not, it's not going to make money. It's not yeah. going to go anywhere. You know? <laughs> so. I see that. That's good. That's a good balance. So I like to say, I think Domo and I are, are where we see the forest, but we don't see the trees. We're very big, um, and we're both Gemini's, so we're just like, ah! <laughs> um, so, that, no, that's awesome. And then the whole balancing, like, friends and business, um, I think we're still learning how to do that, but... So I guess my next question is, what does a day in the life of a Mickey employee look like? Because I know <laughs> running a business, this is, and I know very little, and most of my siblings are entrepreneurs as well, but... The one thing I know about running a business, it's not a nine to five. It's kind of, it kind of consumes your life a little bit. But what does a typical day, like a Monday morning or a Monday day, look like for a Mickey employee? I think you're like totally right about how not typical the day can be. Um, but usually it, there's a lot of like replying to emails and like mm -hmm. um, depending on kind of who you're talking to. Um, for me, like I'm in charge of sales. Um, mostly in like so like outreach um shooting emails dropping out samples um and yeah meeting people mm -hmm. um whether it's advisor to talk about kind of the trajectory of the company or like a few scientists who we have questions about mm -hmm. um the products um but yeah and then there's like the brewing part so and then sometimes there's like foot product photo shoots to mm -hmm. do or we go on campus to take pictures for instagram like mm -hmm. every day every week it's super different okay yeah and do you all brew your own tea we still do yes. oh, so so hair neck apron everything yeah. that's yeah. awesome just you three and then you get like giant pots still small batches but giant pots and then just like two of us wow. like it's it's a, that's our it's workout every week that is awesome i think that to me would be a really fun part like just brewing and and whatnot um so can you can you name who you sell your products to can we do that or no. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So retail locations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. we're currently in twenty retail locations around Seattle, and they're mostly in downtown Seattle and Capitol Hill. And to name a couple of bigger ones, um, Central Co-op mm -hmm. is in Capitol Hill, and then we're in New Seasons Market in Ballard, um, and in downtown we are in like Conan Steiner, which are smaller boutique grocery stores, and. Oh yeah, we're in Kai Market, um, which is in South Lake Union. So those are a couple bigger accounts. And we're also in a couple Amazon cafes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Can you ask how that how they came about? Yeah. That process of getting into stores? Yeah, that would be good uh, for our listeners. So yeah. yeah, so who was the first big store who wanted your tea? Or one of the, the retailers, who was the first one? Yeah. yeah, it was a uh, it's a market in Greenwood called Ken's Market, mm. and yeah, the process kind of 
Looks like you actually just cold call people and cold email people and ask them if they're, or find the right person first and then mm -hmm. ask the manager if they're interested. And if they are, just drop by samples and then talk to them in person. And then if they're interested then, and then we do like a trial run with them. And if they continue to order, it's selling, then we, after two weeks, we say, oh, that's an account. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the whole thing takes like a month, like back and forth communication and all that. But yeah. What's the um, competition at the UW um, that you are were, were in? What was it called? Mm -hmm. So during the second quarter of our class project, UW hosts a business plan competition every year. And so that's outside of the class. We don't have to participate in it, but we know about it. And so it was in the end of April, I think. And our professor told us about it. And in the beginning, none of us really wanted to do it. But I think I remember... Maybe Kathy can finish this story, but um, I think Kathy one day just asked us if we wanted to join this competition, and um, it was actually just us doing the competition in the beginning, and I was like, oh, sure, like, if we can just give it a shot and maybe this, we can just build a business plan together and start something, and we already have some structure that we got from the class, so it wasn't that hard to put together actual business plan. Um, but we actually, I think we didn't think about it till like the week before the deadline. And mm -hmm. it took us like two or three days to come up with it and s um, apply it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we got it. We made it to the second round of the competition. And there were four rounds. And wow. we were um, waitlisted for the second round, going into the third round. Mm -hmm. And so that was a fun experience. And I think during the competition, that's kind of what, fueled us to keep going too. Like during the competition, we met a lot of different judges for the competition and they were really interested and just like believed in our product and people really liked our products. And so I think with that, it really helped us see that, oh, this could be a real company. Like we are representing a company when we were in the competition. And so that has definitely helped us to be more serious about our business. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So I, that concludes my questions. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And then Domo is going to tap in. Now, as y'all find yourselves in this space of all being small business owners, being pulled, I'm sure, in a bunch of different directions and choosing to do this full time, like, how do y'all, how do y'all become, how do y'all either become mentors yourself now or how do y'all see yourselves being mentors um, to younger folks? I think because we started at the UW, we're given opportunities to go back and be mentors to especially like the creating a company class. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're definitely, we've been invited back to panels and um, be guest speakers for classes. And I think the younger companies, or at least companies that are starting um, from the class definitely look up to us as mentors and often have questions for us and ask us how to do things and we're more than willing to help and share with them because that's kind of we know without the help and mentorship we wouldn't be where we are today so whenever people come up to us or even on Instagram right now sometimes people message us and ask us if we they can meet up and talk business and we we love to get those messages because it right. 
warms our hearts too that man people are looking up to us like yeah <laughs> yeah of course we like to share so we definitely try our best to give back to the community and we're happy to do that nice and we we appreciate y'all coming here and sharing with us and yeah. talking to our That's audience too this is super cool um so, yeah oh sorry Oh, um, I think they said pretty much everything. Um, we're also like we're by no means like experts in this industry. We're learning new things every day. Um, but yeah, and like if we don't know the answer or like don't have advice, we you know, if we know anyone, um, we love to connect people with um, yeah people who might know the answer. Um, yeah. Nice. What advice would y'all give other people specifically, like young women who were thinking about doing? Um, similar starting businesses ask for forgiveness and not permission Mm -hmm. and I think that's something maybe my personality too but I think I like that phrase and it's like how are you gonna start a business if you never take the first step so Mm -hmm. I think just to overcome that fear like if you can just actually it doesn't have to be a full-on product like if you just have a prototype or have something that you're experimenting with like get out of the building and talk to people and ask your friends and get feedback. And I feel like that's how you can start. And the feedbacks that we got from customers in the initial phase, I think it's definitely very important and definitely shaped us to be where we are today. Like you'd be surprised like what you get when you actually go outside and it's not always what you think it is in your head. So I think definitely go out, do things and ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> nice. Nice. I think an advice I would say is to find the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're all super fortunate that we found each other in that class. And there's also that saying that's like, be an idea a team. Mm. And then if you have like the, the opposite of that, if you have an A idea and a B team, I think having like an A team is much more sustainable. You're gonna have so much more fun. You're gonna want to put in the work, and ultimately, that just leads to like a success, su- successful business. So find the right people. Take take the time to either if you have your idea, like find like go network with people, share your idea with people, and find right partners. What I would say is be persistent and ask questions. Ask tons of questions. Um, you're gonna run into p- things that you don't know, and a lot majority of the time you don't, you just don't know. Mm. But like, ask questions. So many people are so willing to help. Just like before you ask, they're like, "How can we help?" And you're like, "I don't even know the questions. Like, what should I ask?" And they're like, "Just here's my email. Here's my phone number. Like, let me help." And so like always, don't like don't get discouraged when you don't know something. Like, find out about the answer. Um, go for it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then my last question: If there was a T. If there was a tea, <laughs> if there was a movie uh-huh. or book created about Mickey T, what would the name be? The Three of Us. <laughs> the movie name? The movie name? No, but like an actual movie that's she's, out there. She yeah. said, what? Oh, no, 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 no. It could be, it could be any. Oh, no, make it up. Like, like, wait, yeah, for it, us, right? Our, like our, our movie. movie. Oh, a mo- the movie, movie about, about us? Mickey. Oh, yeah, okay. the three okay. of us. She was like, I just told y'all. It's called The Three of Us. Got <laughs> it, got it. That's my, my proposal. Okay. 
<laughs> it took us six months to name our, our, our company. Yeah. It it would just, yeah. <laughs> she was like, it would be called Mickey T. Well, no, I'm saying like it took um, us like six months to come up with our name that it's going to like, we're, we're going to take this so seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to take this so seriously. <laughs> Let you know in six months. Okay. Um, That's such a good She's question. like, is there a deadline? <laughs> no, right? Give <laughs> her some examples of what past artists have Man. You know, and, and the reason why we actually started asking this question uh, was because we were thinking of names for the actual podcasts, uh-huh. right? And so yours will probably be called, be called Mickey T just because that's the name of your company. But um, for folks who... We're just who were entrepreneurs who didn't have businesses. It was a way for us to ask to figure out what we should name the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was unicorns and unibrows, um, <laughs> and he's uh, a very sparkly person. Very yes, Richie. Um, eyebrows growing up. So Richie's uh, Richie and Rango's was called uh, the little truck that could. Because it was all about their mother's uh, food and truck. And so much more witty than... <laughs> yeah. Um, no pressure, you don't have to... Yeah, yeah, no pressure. The, the three of us, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a start. The three of us is a start. The three of us. <laughs> I, I saw that on, like, a website. Remember? It was, like, a... An album. Minnie was quick with that too. She's yeah, like, she's so fast. I didn't even get the question. Like, <laughs> understand. I didn't even understand the question. <laughs> she, she no, because like, we yes. had like a oh, the artifact of rising. Remember like the photo album, oh. and one of them was really cute. And it was like the three of us, and then we were like, oh, at least we were like, maybe you don't remember, but I remember, and we were you like, that'd be cute. You have a very good memory. <laughs> Thank you. Not usually, but visually, yeah, good memory. Visually, <laughs> there was. There, I got the dirty three. The dirty, the dirty three. The three. No. <laughs> there was a name that we came up with when we were brainstorming um, for a new name. Okay. It was Cool Beans. Because we make coffee, and I, I thought that was super cool. Okay. Super cute. Super cool. Super and cool. cute. And cute. <laughs> um, yeah. Like Cool Beans. Cool Beans. That's awesome. Cool Beans. Cool okay. White yeah. beans. All right. Cool Beans. <laughs> She's like, none of these are going to work. We'll, we'll come back and tell you. Six we'll email you in six months. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. No, no, no. It's going to be called Mickey T anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> or the uh, Mickey that's, Trio. That's really deep question. The Mickey yeah, Trio. Really deep. Think about it, though. Because um, we usually ask people about what would they name the movie or the book about themselves as well. So y'all can, y'all, y'all can marinate that's on it. That's a fun question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's nothing. She's like, okay, what's so fun? I'm like, oh, so fun. She's like, it's not fun if I can't think of an answer. Um... <laughs> What's next, and how can people stay in touch? We're getting pizza after this. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, follow us on social media. Yeah. Um, if What's you next? live by a grocery store and there's no Mickey in it, go in and ask them about Mickey. <laughs> and yeah. Tell them to stock it and contact us at hello at drinkmickey.com. Hey. Hey. Instagram. Instagram handles, Twitters, Facebook. Drink Mickey. Yes. And our website is drinkmickey.com. Yes, and just Facebook and Instagram. All right. Also, Drink Mickey. And Drink, drink Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you. This Thank you. Is cool. Yeah. Thank you. Before we release this podcast, we found out that as of January 1st, 2019, Mickey T would be closing up shop. 
Here's an update. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy Twan, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Mickey. And I'm Karen Soyama, and I am the COO and creative director of Mickey. Y'all just delivered the last delivery of Mickey T. We did. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a post that y'all brewed what you say is your last batch of Mickey T. Talk to us. (laughs) Yeah, it's still, I think it was a little bit of bittersweet um, because we've been brewing for a year and a half now, Mm. um, just like every weekend. And um, yeah, but it was awesome talking to retailers and just like they've they've known um, for a month now that we're going to discontinue. Um, and our last batch was coming was going out this morning, mm. um, but it was just really awesome. Kind of talk to them and be like, "Hey, thank you so much in person. Um, thank you so much for your support, and we've been having the greatest time working with you guys." Yeah. Um, yeah, but it definitely we have an experience like not brewing yeah. <laughs> on a weekend, so we'll see how we feel about that. <laughs> yeah, talk to and then talk to us about how y'all came to the decision to discontinue and. Um, the story that led up to the decision? Um, So I think we've known for a couple months, or no, we've known for almost like nine months or something that Minnie was going to move back to Taiwan. Mm. Um, And she did like almost two weeks ago now. Mm. Um, And so we've had a couple meetings leading up to her leaving of like what her expectations were going to be as like a co-founder. Um, both like how the equity is gonna work and what we just are gonna expect out of her and like how much time that she's gonna put in while she's or what after she moves away um and then during those meetings it i think it came up like all of us just open like talked openly and honestly of like kathy needs to or like wants to go back to school and that will be a full-time thing and Mm -hmm she ultimately wants we can talk about this like ultimately wants to stay in the u.s and like Mm -hmm. get a green card and that looks those Mm -hmm. the steps for that look very different than like running a startup and growing that absolutely for me it was well if minnie's not going to be here and kathy's not going to be here Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm the person to take this and like do it by myself like for sure that's not what i wanted to do that's you know like (laughs) I signed up to be a part of the team and, like, grow it together. Absolutely. What are your ultimate takeaways from this, like, as y'all are closing shop? Like, what what would you tell others who were coming into the same realm? Before Minnie left, we did, like, a... Team reflection? Yeah, like, a team reflection of, like, you could do, like, your own reflection, like, a pure reflection and, like, what you would have done differently. Mm. You want to talk about what... Yeah, so I think on the operations side, Karen mentioned it briefly um just now but like the scaling process it's like really important for operations especially for consumer product like ours and so like some of the things that we knew that needed to happen for our company was getting a co-packer but i think in our head it was like oh a really nice to have thing because we had planned to like hire people build our own facility and then approach a co-packer we realized that having a co-packer is not just taking kind of away the labor part but also they have the expertise to do you know, manufacturing very professionally mm-hmm. and so I think specifically for a consumer product if you're not planning on just like 
building your own facility from scratch and having it for a while. Our goal was to sell the company. And so like the scaling process looked a little different for us. And that's something that we could have started earlier, just like looking for a co-packer. But that's like, so that's very specific for, I want to say like the beverage, a, a beverage company. Obviously it looks different for different products, you know. And to go off of that, it was, we got an advice early on when we considered our options of how to move forward. It was like, get our own facility, mm-hmm. find a shared kitchen, or find a co-packer. Like, we we knew those three options, like, really early on. Mm-hmm. But we got, like, one or two advice from someone who, or from people that said, co-packers are hard to work with, they'll take your margin, and you can't... Uh, you don't have really good quality control. Hmm. So we're like, well, we don't want that. So we just like rolled it out pretty early on. And then like six, nine months later, we talked to like more people and then like the right people. And they're like, no, you need a go-packer. Like Hmm. this is your next big step. So it almost felt like not not a waste of time, but we just listened to a couple of people and like just took that as like absolute when and we did that for like our law firm too and like so I think one of the big lessons is to like definitely talk to a lot of people mm-hmm. and take their advice but then do your do your homework like for sure Minnie is moving to back to Taiwan yeah she moved back and then you're getting a master's yeah it's a management okay Talk about that. Talk about the decision to get a master's in supply chain management. And what do you feel like you bring now as a former small business owner into that realm? Coming from a social science background, I didn't really understand. Like, I didn't even know supply chain was the term, like is a term for the whole process um, until I was like talking to someone about what we do. With our startup experience, it's just so important that there's a lot of things that need to happen before the customers will get to the product. And because we got to experience that, I understand like the importance of it. And it makes me happy that like there are a lot of people working really hard behind the curtain so that I can grab the food I love, the drinks I love at retail retail stores. A lot of people in the industry understand the big picture of it and their their jobs are very specific. So like they're either in like resourcing or like distributing or manufacturing. What I can bring to the table is like because we've done all of that um, in a smaller scale, I'm able to like really understand the struggle in each step. But the reason why I want to go back to school is that I really see the skill gap and there are a lot of things I don't understand. We learn a lot from doing and making mistakes. I can see myself doing a lot more in like helping um, either a small company, a medium sized company or like honestly a big company by understanding the mechanism and like how people do things. And then what's next for you? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> kind of have the luxury of my main source of income comes from the restaurant, and I've done that for almost eight years, like, all throughout college. And so I got to be picky with what I want to do next. But staying in Seattle? Yeah, definitely. Nice. But you're still, and then you're still in food and beverage, it sounds Maybe. like. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to go on the other end and try the whole corporate thing like nine to five like like 
when you're in school, you hate school, and then like you look back and it was like, man, that was nice. All you do is like show up to class, you <laughs> take notes, and then like just gotta take tests every once in a while. And, yeah. like, that's like your only responsibility. So then, I think there's like definitely an appeal to like the structure of a nine to five mm-hmm. and like having like benefits and then like paid time off and like you know like like the people around me have like have that and it always it it seems nice but then I get to run errands or like go to a workout class at like 2 on 2 2 p.m on a Tuesday you know like the pros and cons yeah so it's that's definitely an option and then my last question for both of you what would you like to leave our listeners with passion goes a long way it really like now looking back like there's some obstacles and like challenges that seem like huge and we couldn't do it but like because we really enjoy the process like looking back I'm I'm really glad that we did it and like I love genuinely like every second of it even when it's like really hard so like I think do what you love and that's really really important yeah mm, I think for me Maybe it was because I came from, like, the restaurant background, like, customer service, like, service, customer interactions were always, like, top of mind for me. Like, the interactions we had on social media or, like, the Mm -hmm. emails that we sent, like, what that looked like, uh, what, like, how it was worded, all the blogs, the final letter that we sent out, like, I paid a lot of attention to, like, the detail and, like, how, like, the feelings that all of that evokes I think it was like I saw the huge return on it when we posted that letter on uh, Instagram mm-hmm. and we got a ton of comments from like it. people there's someone from Oregon driving up on Monday to like pick up an order or from from Portland yeah to pick up an order because they're like we were just waiting for you to come here but you're not so like we'll come to you um, That's and our other small companies that said that they followed our story and I think yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for for sharing your story. Thank you so much for for sharing the follow up and all of that. This has been super cool. I'm so glad that both of you are staying in Seattle, which means we get to bug you all the time. Please do. Um, yeah. And so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Mickey, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to No Blueprint, Blueprint Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to donate so we can keep going. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. You have no idea how much it helps. We also want to know what you think. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can even use the hashtag NoBlueprint. And if you're really down with the movement, you can join our Patreon account and become a patron, where you'll get exclusive content and limited edition merchandise. No Blueprint is powered by Ambassador Stories. We share stories of the people, places, and spaces that bring soul to our communities. No Blueprint is recorded at Ambassador Stories Studios and co-produced with me, Maya Ina. Hear more episodes of No Blueprint and get official No Blueprint merchandise at noblueprintpodcast.com.